Welcome to NPR's Book of the Day. Great reads handpicked every day from NPR. To kick us off, Morning Edition's Noel King talks with prize-winning author Colson Whitehead about his latest book, Harlem Shuffle. It's a style you may not have heard from him before. It's fun. Equal parts crime novel, family saga, and love letter to the city he grew up in. This message comes from NPR sponsor LiveRight, publishers of Left for Dead. Shipwreck, treachery, and survival at the edge of the world by Eric J. Dolan. The true story of five castaways abandoned on the Falkland Islands during the War of 1812. Available wherever books are sold. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. Colson Whitehead's last two books won Pulitzer Prizes. The Underground Railroad was about slavery and escape. The Nickel Boys was about a reform school in Florida where boys were brutalized. So it's possible to forget that Colson Whitehead can be very funny. His new book, Harlem Shuffle, is the story of Ray Carney, a furniture salesman trying to walk the straight and narrow in early 60s New York. But Ray is drawn by family, friends, circumstance, and his own ambition into some crooked scenarios, including a heist at the most glamorous hotel in Harlem. Colson Whitehead told me this departure from very heavy themes was kind of a relief. I like to be able to make my my weird jokes, and sometimes the (laughs) the subject matter allows me to do that. Um, The Underground Railroad, Nickel Boys, didn't really have room for some of my uh, strange humor sometimes. And so the, the, the crime genre, the heist novel, allowed me to exercise that muscle once again. Is it different in some way, better in some way, emotionally healthier in some way to write a book with less heavy themes? Or does that not really play into it? It does. I mean, you know, it ends up playing out. I um, I usually do a lighter book and then a heavier book. And in in the case of the last two novels, I was, you know, delving deep into institutional racism, uh, Jim Crow. And so um, by the end of The Nickel Boys... Once I was bringing my characters to their tragic end, I was very depleted and, and very weary and, and definitely ready to do something lighter. And I knew immediately that the story of Ray Carney was going to allow me to live in a different space psychologically when I wrote the book. And also that um, his world would be much different than the world of Cora in the Underground Railroad and Elwood and Turner and Nickel Boys. Let's talk about his world, which is the Harlem of the late 1950s and 1960s. You grew up in New York, but not in Harlem proper, as I understand it. Um, all over. You know, my first, the first place I lived was 139th and Riverside. And so my earliest memories of our, of a very sort of gritty, dirty 1970s uh, Harlem on Broadway. You know, going back to uh, the neighborhood now to write the book, I ended up going back to some of my old places I dimly remembered and then rediscovering different parts of Harlem I hadn't been to in a long time. The writing is vivid. It's always moving. Something's always popping. Something's always snapping. Why did you get interested in this particular, say, five to ten years that the book covers? I'm always making, you know, these random decisions and then I have to make them real in the story. And <laughs> so uh, I have to put that work in. And in this case, I knew I wanted to write a, a heist book. I love heist movies, particularly, you know, the ones from the 50s and 60s and 70s. And so I tried to think of a 
a big moment in New York history that my heisters could exploit for their purposes. So the race riots of, uh, of 1964. So 64 became the year, and then uh, everything came from that. And it isn't my Harlem, but strangely, it, it is my, my parents' Harlem, because they were young newlyweds in Harlem at that time, raising kids about the same age as Carney, Ray Carney and his wife. And so I would do all this research and go to the library and find the Hotel Teresa, this place, that nightclub. And then I would tell my mother, and she'd say, oh, yeah, I went to that chock full of nuts in the Hotel Teresa every day because I worked around the corner. You know, two months later, I was like, oh, Blumstein's, blah, blah, blah. And she said, uh, oh, yeah, your dad worked at Blumstein's like Carney does, you know, for two summers. And so I should have just been asking her the whole time. It didn't occur to me till I was halfway through the book that I could use her as a resource. How did you do your research? Did you wander around? Do you use library archives? How does this work? Yeah, I mean, um, I definitely <laughs> like to do as much as I can from home because uh, <laughs> I'm you know, sort of lazy. But also I, I love walking around New York City. So I would do location scouting and say, oh, is that Carney's, where Carney grew up? Is that where he works? And just you know, find different buildings and then double-check with Google that they were actually there in 1959, and et cetera. The main character, Ray Carney, is uh, a, a man of two faces, like many of us. Uh, he's a businessman. He's proud that he has a college degree. And yet, he dips in and out of the seedy parts of New York in the course of his work life. And the eternal question running through this book is sort of, is Ray crooked or is he straight and to what degree? And that's something that he asks himself over time. Where do you come down on Ray Carney? Who is this man? Oh, I mean, uh, he's definitely divided. You know, I, I think on the one hand, he does want to be this upstanding member of the middle class, have his own business, have a nice family. But there is this crooked side of him. His, his father was a, a petty thief in Harlem, and that's what he's seen growing up, uh, the crooked side of life. And while he's pulled himself up by his bootstraps, there is this call of the street. And, you know, part of the book is describing his rejection and then embrace of his criminal side. Um, it started off as a heist book, but then became really a character study of, of Ray Carney over time as he grapples accepts, rejects, you know, his private nature. And so really interestingly, one of the ways that the world opens up and becomes universal is this is a book about New York and you are writing about real estate. And that is an eternal struggle in New York, where you live, where you want to live, where you know you'll never be able to live. Can you talk a little bit about how real estate motivates the characters in this book yeah, I mean, um, I would not call this book autobiographical, but I'm definitely in there in Carney's uh, aspirational love for, for real estate. You know, he believes that if he can just get to the next better apartment, his luck will change. Uh, he's a kid, now we need a two-bedroom. Another kid in the way, a three-bedroom just overlooking uh, the park on this nice block, everything will change. And of course, at least in my life, I've moved about 20-something times, and whenever I get to that new apartment... That first night, I'm like, oh, there are no closets. And the subway is the subway is, is really close. I'm not sure why I didn't hear it when I was going on the walkthrough. Um, you know, and that's part of capitalism. That's part of living in a consumer society. If you can just get the next thing, everything will, will work. And, of course, it doesn't because we're, we're just human beings. And so I feel like in the last two books, institutional racism was sort of like the big system that defined people's lives. And this being a New York novel, it's real estate and wines to be on a better block with a little more light and uh, a little more room. Colson Whitehead, 
His new book is called Harlem Shuffle. Thank you so much for being with us. This was really fun. No, thank you. Fun for me, too. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Acorn TV. Acorn TV is brilliant television told brilliantly. From charmingly cozy mysteries to daringly dark dramas. Visit acorn.tv for a 30-day free trial with promo code NPR. Acorn TV. Brilliant. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.